Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast. This is where the women of Marvel assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. And I'm Adri Cowan, social media manager. I'm Janine Schaefer, editor. Judy Stevens, associate producer. And I'm Sana Amanath, editor. We've got two editors in the house, so today we're going to focus on what the heck do these editors do? How does editorial work behind the scenes at Marvel? That is an excellent question, Adri. <laughs> uh, that's a question I think that Janine and I probably get quite often. Yeah, every time I say that I'm an editor at Marvel, someone says to me, oh my god, that's so awesome. So you like draw them or you like write them? Like what do you do? And do I'm you like, edit the balloons? No, I'm, like, I edit do you them. Like the periods yeah. and the commas? <laughs> and, and no offense to any proofreaders out there because I think proofreading is oh so god. important. Proofreading is so in such a tough job. Too. Yes, but that is not what I do. And I don't I don't want to be confused with that, mostly because I'm very bad with commas. Um, and sometimes with grammar, I'm an editor that's admitting that, but it can be very difficult sometimes. I blame it on my, my background, my culture. So give yeah, us a blame everything on your culture, Shana. Stop it, I'm going to, okay? <laughs> that's the only thing I've got. Give us an overview of what your job entails and then I'd love to hear a little bit more and I'm sure everyone else out there would too about the day-to-day what what are the the fine details that we don't know about but first what what the heck do you guys do uh well I mean I guess it's easiest said that we we're sort of like producers in a way like we're the we're sort of like in the middle and we facilitate communication between the writer and the artist um, and the colorist and the letterer and then all the other departments at Marvel like marketing and legal and you know proofreading and production and then the printer like all that stuff so we're sort of there juggling all of these different deadlines and all these different jobs and stuff like that and kind of putting them together one by one to make the comic and move everything along um, and that's sort of the day-to-day stuff and then the the bigger stuff is actually sitting down and talking to the writers to come up with to hone pitches like they'll they'll pitch us and we'll like hone their pitches with them and try to make their help them to make their stories the best they can be and then the same thing with the artist the art comes in and we talk to them about the layouts and talk to them about the art and on on down the line yeah as as steve wacker once said um, editors get all of the blame and none of the credit. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I think that's completely hilarious coming out of Steve Wacker's mouth because he uh, thinks he's the most famous person in comics, <laughs> um, which he kind of is actually. Yeah. A lot of people know him, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's it's a it's a lot of what Janine said. I think the the key about the trick about being an editor is very much about understanding what. Um, the vision for a property is and mm. the tone of a character, like what the understanding who the heart of the character is and making sure that we sort of uphold that. Um, and it's our job, as much as the writer is writing the story and the artist is drawing out the story and laying it out for you to, to, to look at and and to um, take the story in, it is really our job to be able to put all of those elements together and make sure that everyone um, is telling the tale of uh, She-Hulk the way that she's meant to be told in some ways, while at the same time constantly trying to re-envision um, the character. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. There's an added layer of something that we do in at Marvel doing superhero comics 
that maybe other editors of you know creator own comics or edit, just straight up an editor at you know Scholastic or Random House or something doesn't really deal with as much, which is we're sort of the caretakers of these characters who have been around. Ninety nine percent of them have been around longer than we have been in comics, and will you know knock wood be around longer than we will be in comics. Mm-hmm. So our job is really. A big part of our job is making sure that those characters, like Senna was saying, those characters are kind of, we have a vision for them, and we sort of shepherd them through our period of time here, whether that's five years or 25 years, making sure those characters on the other end are still viable characters and that we've added to their mythos and left toys for other people to play with once we're no longer here. And how well, do you... I plan on being here forever, so... Oh. I'm always curious as to how you make sure to stay. Like, do you have people that have just researched back in time everything there is to know? How do you stay consistent with the character and make Tom sure? Brevert. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well kind of. Yeah. He's a one-man army. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brevert, for those of you who are newer, is a, an executive editor at Marvel. He's been here for how long? I feel like it's been. 25 years, years. but he's still so young. (laughs) (laughs) He really is. He's kind of getting more adorable as he he ages. Can I say that? Sure. sure. (laughs) It's just us girls. We we clearly need a gif of Tom being adorable. (laughs) We do. We we definitely do. Wait, there is video footage or photo footage of him in a Galactus suit from like seven years ago. Oh, my my gosh. There's also footage, which hopefully I can say this, of Tom Brevoort doing a robot dance Yes. On a table. A oh my! Was it a bet? I think yeah, it was a bet. Yeah, yeah, it was. That might need to go on our Tumblr page. <laughs> I, we're gonna find it, you guys. We're gonna find it, and we're going to make Tom Brevoort the most famous, adorable <laughs> robot dancing editor that existed. <laughs> well, that and Tom, Tom was actually my first uh, boss here when I came in, um, so it was really cool, sort of working with him as a crash course of what you know. I mean, I had. I had already been working at DC for four years when I came over here, but it was definitely, it's a different experience working at Marvel than working at DC. It's a smaller group of editors. Um, we're, we like to say that we're like a lean, mean machine. We're <laughs> constantly going. I kind of don't know how all of this stuff gets done, but it was really a crash course in how sort of Marvel works um, working with Tom. And also, he is so knowledgeable. Like, yeah. honestly... All joking aside, he's so, so knowledgeable. He knows so much about the the, the smallest character who appeared yeah. in, like, four issues in 1975. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I think we, we definitely do, I mean, all kidding aside, we do use Tom as sort of a resource because I think um, he obviously is a genius. But I think aside from that, it's really, and we also do have, um, you know, we have our own Marvel Wikipedia. We have people in-house who actually are aggregating all of Marvel's history yeah. in terms of all the characters and what they've actually experienced. We have an awesome so library also. We have a great library, yeah. So we definitely use that as resources. We're constantly, I mean, I personally, and I've, and I've mentioned this before, like I personally obviously don't know the 75 years of Marvel's history um, as well as I would like to, but at the same time, you know, as, as, I've, as I've grown here, my, my knowledge has also grown. Um, but I think fundamentally we also have to understand, like, you can understand, and this is what Marvel, I think, does so well, is that I think in a couple of issues, you can know exactly who the character is supposed to be and what the str- what struggles they've had, 
um, and what their sort of thematic message is. And I think that's sort of the most important thing aside from what happened in Amazing Spider-Man 187. Um, I think that's much more important because that's really what's going to um, help that character continue to grow and help define the most appropriate like obstacles and character characters that they're going to be introduced to. Yeah. Um, oh, and one uh, one other quick thing, just not to 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 support your point because I I want to talk about that also. But one very quick thing, uh, fan sites are hugely like they're huge resources for us. <laughs> I don't know if you use any. But, like, can I say one of the ones that we use? UncannyXMen.net is, like, amazing. Amazing. Because you guys know so much, and it comes from this place of just total passion. And so you're putting everything up there and, like, you know, updating it on a really regular basis and making sure that everything is super thorough and with a great attitude. Like, I just, I love UncannyXMen.net. We, we use it all the time. That's great. Um, I go to the Marvel Wikipedia a lot. I mean, we have our own Marvel Wikipedia on Marvel.com, but I go to the the other one that's um, not ours a lot because sometimes I'm researching, like, really random characters for AR, and I need to uh, find exactly what issue they were yeah. in so that I can then tell um, Youngquist and, and their team to, like, gra- gather all these assets. So, we, I mean, we have this amazing um, archive of digital assets, all those trades and everything that you guys get to read from, like, the Marvel Masterworks and all that stuff is all now digitized, and it's all somewhere, and you need to know where it is and what it is. So a lot of times when I'm looking for assets, I just, like, I need, you know, Amazing Spider-Man number 188, and I like email. And Do then you say it in the, that voice I say it in that it? voice in an email. <laughs> it's actually, there's, I record my voice when I attach to the email. That's I, why I automatically delete your emails whenever I receive them. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, you can't kiss. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but then, and then they send me back a location, so... Uh, the the one interesting thing that uh, I find once I started to learn about your what you guys actually do day to day is that I have friends who are photo editors who who are who actually edit like Random House books and stuff like that. Is that like in a, in, a, in like a let's say you editing in a, a photo magazine, you produce those photos for that magazine and then you never look at it ever again. Like that magazine's now printed, it's pretty. Maybe I'll look at those pictures again. But what you guys have to do is you have to constantly be taking the book that you just sent to the printer and creating a new book that all keeps in consistency and you're not just doing one book at a time like a lot of people are doing you guys are doing a 20 page book like four to six times a month like you constantly you guys are constantly printing books out and I think that that's so amazing and I think that's the one thing that a lot of people at home don't realize is that you guys all read all these comics but there's only like 12 of you (laughs) right there's 12 15 editors I I think there's 15 of us? 16 of us? So really? how many that many? Yeah. I think it's like 15 or 16. How yeah. many books are you working on at a time? <laughs> really? Um, well, I have seven books plus an infinite comic series. So that's, and then some of those that's weekly. double ship. Yeah, and some of those double ship. Um, but, you know, it, it, it'll vary. I mean, I used to also live in, in a time where I was editing like 12 books. <sighs> So, and that's when I was an assistant editor, which is a little bit different um, because assistant editors, God bless them, uh, they have a lot, they end up having um, a different type of day to day workflow because they're, they're, they're dealing literally with sort of the actual production of it, making sure things are 
um, funneled in and funneled out, getting to the right people, and, and really giving us the framework for what each of our projects are supposed to be, um, and keeping us on, on time and on top of things, which sometimes can be very difficult when Janine stares at cat pictures all day. Right? Listen, <laughs> sometimes you just need a cat picture break. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, it's I would make that mandatory if necessary. for everyone. But then also, assistant editors uh, at at Marvel um, also edit their own books and are giving story notes on mm-hmm. the books of the editors that they work for. Like it's that job is hard. It is very hard. It yeah. is really intensive. Um, so for for the for the listeners at home, why don't one of one of you talk about actually the process of creation of a book, like from. Um, you got an idea from a writer to the script to, you know, just sort of a brief overview so everyone knows how exactly a book gets put together. Mm -hmm. Marvel Comics from Inception. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, first, Sun and I need to go out and get some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing that happens in the morning. Um, You're so stealing my line from that last podcast. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, yeah, that's first, right. first I show up hungover, yeah. <laughs> and then I have to go complain, and then I go get coffee. First I sit at my desk, and I see Emily Shaw and Sana walk by my office and go, <laughs> coffee. And then I say, yes. And then we go get coffee. Um, all right, well, I guess I'll just start, and then you, and then you jump, sure. jump in. Sure, let's do it. Um, so either we'll have an idea uh, for a book, where we'll see, okay, oh, there's an, there's an opening here for, you know, either an event has happened or something has kind of, like, caught fire a little bit. And so we're like, oh, there's room for, you know, Magneto or Storm or what have you. And so we say, okay, I think there's room for this book, so I'm going to go to, I think this writer would be great for it. So I'm going to go to that person and say, hey, do you have any ideas for this? Why don't you send me a couple of pitches and we'll we'll see if any of them sort of have any have any legs. Uh, or someone just says to us, hey, I know, you know, you we were chatting about maybe doing something and I had this great idea and like blah, so they'll send that to us. Not unsolicited, however. Yeah. Very important. We do not accept unsolicited submissions. This would be, I met a writer that I really like and I reached out to, to them and said, hey, if you ever have any ideas for X, let me know. Love to chat with you. And then maybe they'll hit me with, five different ideas for five different properties and kind of go from there if one of them, again, has legs. One thing, I I just wanted to jump in really quickly and say, there's actually a difference between the um, series, like new series with new properties like a new Magneto or She-Hulk or Elektra like we've done, and then there's uh, a a slightly different process for the ongoings that have existed for decades. So Amazing Spider-Man and Avengers and whatnot. Um, so what Janine is talking about right now is specifically for our new project. Yeah, from like a number one, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we'll, so we'll get, uh, so you have that pitch and you sort of figure out which one kind of has legs and you kick it back and forth with the writer a little bit to sort of hone the pitch. Uh, and then the pitch goes up the ladder to the group. Um, you know, we do either within like the X group, if it's an X-Men focused book, or if it's within the Spidey group, if it's a Spidey focused book, or the Avengers and so on. Um, sort of get, you know, you send it to your senior or your group editor, and then it kind of, they kick it back and forth with you a little bit, you go back to the writer, um, until you kind of have a solid pitch that is approved. Everyone down the line has said, yep, this seems great, let's make it happen. Uh, and then you work with the writer to come up with a plot for, you know, 12 issues or 
however much. I like to work in small sort of six issue, 12 issues, just so that I know there's a complete sort of A plot, B plot, C plot. You know what I mean? Like every issue has a plot that's done. Every maybe three or six issues has another plot that's done. And then maybe the 12 issues has the super arc that kind of goes through. Um, so yeah, so we get that. Then the writer starts working on a script. So I sort of forgot about artists and all of this. Yes. Artists. Sorry. Um, well, the ar- well, artists are, I mean... What's really my one of my favorite parts about this entire process is figuring out. Aside from figuring out what the who the writer can be, um, it's figuring out uh, who best can visualize uh, what the story that the artist put down. So um, it's 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 very much about you know look. There's so many talented artists out there. It's actually one of the most difficult jobs to pick one. Um, but it's really figuring out okay who can who can. Uh, tell the type of She-Hulk series, for example, that we want to tell. Who is going to fit the tone um, and is a strong enough storyteller. And sometimes, if it's a new artist, we'll suggest that they give us some samples so we can see that they actually have the prowess to be able to pull it off. Um, and then other times, we kind of know. It's a known quantity. We know they can do it and kind of jump in with um, uh, some character designs, some environment designs, so we know what the world is. Especially when you're building a completely new world from scratch, which is what we did with Ms. Marvel. Um, so that's a slightly more, uh, a longer process. Um, whereas with, uh, you know, a series like Magneto or a Cyclops or whatever it is, we, we generally, we try to, if it's updating the costumes, we work with the artists to be able to think of uh, ways in which we can uh, freshen up a character's look, um, what new characters will be introduced in that series and whatnot. So that's a lot of fun and um, it is very much like a the right pairing, you know. It's sort of like when you know you when you're trying to cast the right actor yeah. in a in a movie, it really makes all the difference for whether or not I personally think. Yeah, the book I mean, is going I think successful. our biggest job is putting the right people on the book, and then that's really it. Like mm-hmm. if you nail that, then sort of obviously you still need to edit the story and you know kind of work with the writer and work with the artist. But really, if you nail that team, like just as an example. Uh, Charles Soule and Javier Polito on She-Hulk, like, that's it. For me, I mean, like, not to pat myself on the back, but, like, that is a team that, that's it. Like, you nailed it. Mm-hmm. You got that it. Was perfection. And so it, really it just, was. like, worked. Like, they work really well together. Charles knows what he's doing. Javier knows what he's doing. They're both working towards a real singular vision that they're creating together. Mm-hmm. And so part of my job is really just to get out of their way. Like, put them together, let them do their thing, and then, like, step back so mm-hmm. that... I'm not, like, all up in their business as they're going through. Um, and I think Munsta uh, Vincente, the colorist, actually, is a huge part. Again, like, then that, you know, Javier <coughs> said, this is who I want. This is who I want on the book. I really think she's going to nail it. And he was totally right. Like, that, that the, the three of them, that was, like, the thing. Um, a lot of it is, like, having the editors have trust in their in their yeah. creators, you know? And especially if you built a relationship with them as well, it's much easier. But that's a big thing, you know, because there's so, there's so much controversy about editor-writer-artist relationships and um, editors kind of not listening to their creators. And I think that's, that is completely untrue. At least we can speak for ourselves because the when once, once we choose um, a creator for a particular series, we've chosen exactly what we want the vision to be because that we know we trust in what um 
that particular writer and what that particular artist can do. And what we do, once they, once, once they come together, what we do is really just maintain the brand of that character. Um, and yeah. other than that, we kind of just let them run. Yeah. So then, uh, nuts and bolts of it, you got a script from the writer, you've worked with them on it, script is great, script goes to the artist, the artist will send in layouts, everyone on the team kind of takes a look at it, make sure all the layouts kind of match up with the art, I mean with the script. Um, then the penciler goes ahead and either sometimes like Javier pencils and inks himself so he will just the next thing I'll get from him is inks after the layouts um, but some guys the penciler will pencil it send it in then we get that to the inker the inker inks it sends it in um, we get the inks to the colorist colorist does that so now while the colorist is working we also ideally get all of that stuff to the letterer as well um, you know, talk to the writer again, say, hey, here's all the art. How, what do you think? Do you want to tweak any of the dialogue? Everything look good to you? Great. Get all that to the letterer. So in a perfect world, the letterer and the colorist are sort of working at the same time. Um, we get a lettered proof in. Everyone does their lettering pass. It goes to proofreading. We make sure proofreading has it. And then, you know, so now, and while all of this is going on, the writer is now working on the next issue. And so we're working with them on the next script so that we can kind of, as soon, when, as soon as the artist is done, they have that next script ready and they can roll right into it. So again, in a perfect world, no one is ever not working. Everyone yeah. is always working. Um, and sometimes if you're double shipping and you have two artists on a series, you're st- also working on like two issues down the road where you're getting art in um, and making sure that all of that art makes sense. So it's a lot of, um, you're kind of doing the same thing on the same title uh, a bunch of times, and it can be very exhausting. Like right now it's a Thursday, we have books to get out tomorrow, and uh, it's just insanity. Editors are going crazy. Um, but I don't have any there books tomorrow. Is... Can you explain what double shipping is? <laughs> the luxurious <laughs> life of Janine Schaefer. Um, can you explain what double shipping is to the, our folks at home? Yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially, it means that we ship two books in a month. Oh, so, so double shipping yes. is what... Yes, so two, two times. one title in, yeah. in a month. Which Amazing Spider-Man does all the time. Um, that's what... Actually, three month? times. No, they, they don't do it every month, do they? I don't know. How do you determine the frequency of a book? Is it just... Schedule? That's not us. That's our, that's our big bosses. Gotcha. Um, it also depends on... Yeah, that's a larger conversation based on um, how popular a particular book is and um, what we need to get. For those listening at home that don't know some of the words that we're talking about, um, I I, I just want to sort of refresh it. So uh, obviously everyone knows what a writer is. Um, (laughs) um, Pencilist, obviously they literally draw in pencil. I mean, not necessarily. A lot of them work digitally now. Mm -hmm. Um, And inking is basically used to be uh, in the old days of the bullpen, they literally used to ink on boards, and boards used to be what the comics were made of. And now, because most, I, what, what would you say, like seventy five percent are still digital? I know that there are still artists working on boards. No, oh. well, there's a lot of guys who work on boards, but kind of we don't see them. What sort of happens is the penciler will scan in the pencils and post a high res version of the pencils on our FTP site. Then we take that file and give it to the inker. The inker prints out the pencils on a printer and then inks the board and then scans the board and sends us 
the dish. So there is like, there's now two boards, basically. There's two art boards with art on it, but we don't ever see it. We just see the files kind of mm-hmm. going back and forth. There are a lot of people who do everything digitally. Yeah. Who pencil, ink, color, everything digitally. Yeah. And there's no boards at all. Yes. Like Sarah Bakelli is completely digital. So is Dave Marquez. Filnoto. Filnoto, yeah. Which is such a shame because I want their original art. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's, but it's beautiful and um, it does make, it does make sometimes make the process a lot faster, which is helpful. For colorists, um, obviously, we're, we're going to hope to get a, a one or two colors in here to talk about their process, but would you say almost all that is digital now? Does, does anyone yeah. still oh, yeah. style? Yeah. Well, actually, Richard Isanoff has done painted work before, and I'm forgetting. Actually, there was, there was another artist I just worked with. Oh, um, Alex Maleev also yeah. does painted art still, painted colors, rather. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are, but it's few and far between just because we're on such a quick turnaround and we need to get art as soon as inks are in, like they need to be flatted. Um, sorry, the colors need to send it to its flatter and then they finish rendering it. So, um, that stuff happens in a matter of, of hours. Sometimes it's insane. When we did girl comics and Jill Thompson did a story, she sent in her boards and they were oh, like yeah. all watercolor paintings and they were so beautiful. Beautiful. Was, so I like ran around the office like waving them around because yeah. they were so beautiful. Girl Comics was a series we did uh, five years ago now? Four years ago? Four years? Yeah, Four it was years? just an anthology that featured uh, female creators and I thought it was fantastic. I did too. Personally. Maybe we should do a reading circle about that. We one. should. Yeah. That would be that great. Would be yeah, and, and just so, to keep in mind, we'll be posting all the information about everything we've talked about, all the the creators and all the titles that we're referencing. And we'll be posting it right on our Tumblr page, the women of Marvel Com. Oh, I missed you saying that. You I know. So I needed. To, I, I'm going to say it probably four more times before <laughs> okay, this is over. The one thing I wanted to also bring up uh, about the process was is the covers. Um, the covers are such a huge part of uh, the the creative process because that's the first thing that you see on the stands, and it gives you the identity of the book almost immediately. People and, literally judge comic books by its covers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's and it's one of the and it's also what we have to work on before sometimes we even have a story. Like we have a very the rough outlines of a story. We might not have a script. Um, so sometimes the, the cover artist is the interior artist, which is fantastic if we can ever make it work. Um, and other times we just want to find an artist that can, you know, once again uh, be able to sort of envision what the story can be from a different angle, um, which is what we did on Ms. Marvel. Jamie McKelvey, I think, I thought Jamie McKelvey and Adrian had a really good balance. Like, it, it Jamie was a bit more commercial, um, a bit more sleek than what Adrian can do, um, and it was very clear, and he does teens very, very well. Um, and, and you could tell it was a teen book from the get-go, and there's something very wistful about some of his comic covers, which is what we were trying to relay. There are also um, variant covers, which are different versions of the covers by different artists. Um, sometimes we, how would you say sometimes we put out one or two or even five different covers um, with all different artists for one book? Um, 
It depends on the series. I mean, I think, uh, especially with our new launches, we definitely do a lot of variants. I think it builds incentive uh, for retailers to buy comics just because usually they're done by really high-profile artists. Um, and it becomes a collectible. So if you have it 15, 20 years from now, um, it uh, only increases in value. Um, and it's also, once again, another way to, to perceive uh, the world that you're about to embark upon. And I personally love variant covers because... Sometimes, like, I have an, an idea for a cover or an idea for a series, um, and, like, I have another artist come in and just show it to me in a completely different light that I didn't expect, and it makes it so memorable. Well, I actually think that we're kind of out of time. Okay, good. Uh, this is a topic. You thought we couldn't talk about it for this long. Uh, uh, this is obviously, I know, <laughs> needs calling me out. Um, obviously, this is a, a fairly large topic we could keep on talking. We, maybe we'll come back to this later. We can talk more specifically just about covers and all that stuff. If you guys have specific questions just about edit- editors, what do editors do? Um, do you want to be an editor? Any of that stuff. Make sure you guys tweet at both Janine and Sana. Say your guys' Twitters. My Twitter is minib 622 and mine is J9Schaefer. That is J9SCHAEFER. And you can always tweet us at the Marvel Twitter handle. That's at Marvel. And you can use the hashtag Women of Marvel. Um, and just to go back to our last episode, we discussed our little book club. Um, today, we're going to recommend She-Hulk. Um, again, we will have 25 digital codes to give away um, to the first 25 people that email us. It's going to be Women of at marvel.com. That's our email address. Um, And if you want to talk about any of the book club reads, you can just use the hashtag WOM reads, spelled like reads, (laughs) R-E-A-D-S. Not read Richards. No, not, not like that. Read the verb. And of course, a Tumblr shout out. We're at the women of Marvel Comics Um I before I said I might have said at, but it's dot tumblr.com. And our Instagram is the women of Marvel. There's that's a lot of information. It's a <laughs> that's lot a lot of hashtags and ads and dot tumblers. We cover every detail. We are the women of Marvel. Well that's that we is do. why Adri's social media. <laughs> And that is something we can talk about in another episode. Make sure you guys tune in to our next episode where we do the reading circle for Storm Number 1. Plus, we've got upcoming the panel audio from the San Diego Comic-Con Woman of Marvel panel. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. This is Marvel, your universe.